Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Roisin. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specializes in training women with fertility problems. I myself have PCOS and have had two beautiful boys, and I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, lighthearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. In this week's show, we are diving back into our post bag for our November Q&A. And once again, it has been a really busy month. And a lot of the correspondence we got in the last month are really optimistic, aren't they? Because a lot of people are starting IVF in 2024. They know it's on the horizon and they're ready to go. And that's different year on year because I remember this time last year and it was a difficult post bag, I think, because it was around this idea of being lost around that Christmas time. But people are very, very much taking the bull by the horns this year by the sounds of things. I agree. I think it's been a really interesting year in terms of things like publicity around fertility, IVF, physical health, mental health, because I think what it's done is this kind of drip feeding has encouraged people to talk about it more. Mm -hmm. And it's also helping people to just kind of process the fact that there are things that you can do to prepare for your cycle. Like, I just think people are talking about fertility more, which is amazing. It's in storylines. I've just been watching uh, This Is Us for the second time. And they have a huge IVF storyline running through that. And I think people are just talking about it more, which is a really good thing because there are things you can do. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be quite a taboo or it's getting less and less. And I think there was a lot of taboos around women's health. The thing with taboos is you don't really know the taboos until they're revealed. <laughs> but it's true. And I know that within the perimenopausal and menopausal world, you now have your icons. You've got people that are coming out like to feed them a call and they're talking about it openly. And they were scared to talk about it because it would age them or they felt like that their career could be over or they were losing their minds and all this kind of thing. There's all these ideas about being menopausal and then being put out to pasture. And I think what's happening within the, the fertility community is that we have some leadership now. We've got some ambassadors. We got some good podcasts. We got some people on Instagram that are all beating the drum for better female health. Mm. And that is having a massive impact in places like the workplace. Like this is how much this is now filtering down. So you've got Companies like the co-op in the UK, who are a massive one, who have very explicitly implemented IVF treatment policies. So, yeah, it's been a massive year and we are definitely seeing the knock on of that as well. So keep it coming. Talk to us and keep sending your questions in. And talk about questions, we better make a start. Our first question this week is from Tilly from Cambridge. Hi, Maria and Roisin. I love the show. It's super helpful. I've just been binge listening for two weeks straight. The only thing now is I feel slightly overwhelmed. I'm starting on my IVF journey, but what should I start with? Should I start with nutrition, fitness, looking after toxins or improving my hormones? Where do I begin? This is a fantastic question. And I've been thinking about this type of thing quite a lot over the last few weeks. My first piece of advice is keep this as simple as possible. 
I think the best place to start here is sleep. Now, the reason that I'm saying sleep is because we all know what it's like when you've got a bad night's sleep. And we talk about this a lot on the show. But if you have a bad night's sleep, the whole of the rest of the day is just so much harder. It's harder to make the healthier food choices because it just takes a lot more effort. It's harder to get to the gym because it takes a lot more effort. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, I would definitely suggest start with sleep. Look at your sleep routine. Set the alarm for going to bed because we all know about the reels. Set the alarm for nine. Be in bed without the phone at 10. Get a solid night's sleep. Point being everything the next day is easier. So I would start with sleep. I would say on this note, depending on your personal situation and depending on how soon your next round is, the reality is that you may have to look at BMI. You might, you might not. If you are having to look at BMI, then unfortunately that is something that just takes a little bit of time. And if you're either having to increase or decrease your BMI, this might be something that you have to start sooner rather than later just because the clock is ticking. But even that is so much easier to do when you've had a decent night's sleep. So sleep is my number one suggestion for this fantastic question. Yeah, and nearly seems too simplistic when you think about it, but everything is better after a good night's sleep. Our next question is from Rob. Now, we rarely get mail questions, so we were very, very excited. He says, hi, Maria and Roisin. To be honest, I don't listen to the show. Now I'm disappointed. <laughs> Rob, now I'm disappointed. I came across your show via my wife. We're preparing for IVF and she listens every week. She is doing incredible work. She is doing all the shots, the scheduling, what's your BMI. I feel a bit useless, really. How best could I support her? Welcome, Rob. It is fantastic having you here. I love this question because it actually comes up a lot when I'm working with my clients. And sometimes the husbands are there, the partners are there, and it's really lovely to have them involved. So some nice, easy things that you can do to support uh, your wife as she's going through this. It's simple things like, can you make sure that you are eating the same healthy meals that she is eating? Because a lot of the time I've realized that partners don't always eat the same dinnertime meals. And this can be really tricky. If your partner, your wife is working really hard to eat healthily and get all that good nutrition in, I would imagine the last thing she wants is for, for you or the partner to be sitting there eating some kind of takeaway. So if you can eat and even cook the same healthy meals, that would be fantastic. One of the other things that works really, really well is if you can do things like go to the gym or do the workouts with your partner. It's really good for your relationship. You know, there's a gym saying that partners that train together stay together. And that's probably more important than people realize because going through fertility treatment can be very hard on relationships. So if you can do a workout together, go for a walk together, play a game together, that type of thing is also amazing. And again, it just helps your partner feel more supportive. <laughs> One of the other things I would say is with all of the shots she's taking, chances are there are going to be some mood swings. And to be perfectly honest with you, you're, you're probably just going to have to put up with them because we've talked about this before, but quite often the women know that they're hormonal. They know that they're having mood swings and there's just nothing we can do about it. So it might be that in good faith, you know, remember those wedding vows, <laughs> you're going to have to just kind of put up with the mood swings. And I would also say that this journey affects both partners. 
just have a little reflect on on how you're feeling. And if you're finding this journey hard, then reach out to a support group. Um, there's lots of men's fertility support groups now. And just find your people that you can talk to as well, because if you're feeling better, you can then support her in a better way as well. Rob reminds me of one of your clients that I met at the fertility show. They were a lovely couple and they were talking about how they were getting fit together. Mm-hmm. And even though they exercise in very different ways, they would try and do as much in either in the same room or outdoors together. So one one was jogging, the other one was walking, but they were both in the same park or if one of them was doing some weights and the other one was doing some cardio, they were in the same gym. And they took it as an opportunity to do at least something positive together during the week because I know that particular couple had a lot of fertility treatment, a lot of sad moments. So it was their way of kind of getting something out of the process that was additional and beneficial and a lovely add-on, which I thought was just the just the best way to think about it. And of course, it gave everyone in there something to aim for, like fitness in and of itself uh, is a very good aim, but also give the husband a role. And often the role is taken away from the man during the fertility process, as you know, apart from sort of chief, like injector of bottom. There's (laughs) not a huge amount else that you can kind of actively do. Another example I have is a guy I used to work with, his wife was going through IVF and he quit drinking to come out and support. As you said, it's not nice if someone's you know, having a takeaway and you're sitting there, but it's also not nice if someone's sort of putting away a bottle of red wine as well on a, on a Friday night. And I remember thinking that both of them were in it and he wanted to make sure that that was expressed through his actions. I know the exact couple you're talking about, and obviously we're not going to out anyone on the show, but they are now over 20 weeks pregnant. Uh, which oh, I didn't genuinely... know that. Yeah. Oh, are. that's fantastic news. Oh, I'm going to have to message them. They are. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Like I didn't know that <laughs> genuinely. This is... This is incredible news. Okay, right. Everything is crossed for these people. (laughs) Everything. They had a road. They had a road. 20 weeks. And you never told me. My goodness me. I can't believe you withheld that information from me. we talk a lot. Like we talk pretty much every day. (laughs) Yeah, they're over 20 weeks. Healthy baby. 20 week scan went really well. And when she told me, yeah, obviously I, I did nearly cry because it's really emotional. And actually... There's been another client pregnancy this week as well. So it's been a busy, a busy baby making six months or so. We've definitely had a bit of a spurt. But yeah, amazing news. Oh, that's incredible. I'm so delighted. I'm so delighted. I hope they keep up their exercise afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Rob, for getting in touch. We need more male questions. Now we're going to a fellow Irish lady, Aoife from Dublin. Hi, Aoife. How are you? She's just found the show and she loves it, which is great. Thank you so much for listening. She currently does a lot of CrossFit in her local box, which I believe is what you call a gym when it comes to CrossFit. (laughs) I have no idea. It is, yeah. She loves to do it for her physical and mental health. Does she have to give it up while she is doing her IVF treatments? Oh, this is, I love this question. Um... In some ways, this is an easy question. In some ways, this is a hard question. So (laughs) let me just explain my thinking around this. The fact that you are working out regularly is amazing. Um, Absolutely brilliant. And I know a lot of people who do CrossFit. For people that don't know what CrossFit is, it's a community of people that basically like to train really hard. You've got a lot of powerlifting in there. You've got a lot of gymnastics in there. You've got cardio in there. 
it's very kind of holistic. The pause in my voice is it's the intensity that goes with CrossFit. So one of the things that you you learn with CrossFit is it is intense. The key thing with fertility is intensity and putting the stress on your body. Particularly when you're getting close to treatment, I would strongly suggest not doing intense workouts. And to be honest, this is one of the key things that I, I work with clients on. So when it comes to the intensity, I would say, actually, I'm afraid I would advise not working out as intensely as, as CrossFitters tend to. And then when it comes to the number of hours per week, a lot of the literature now is suggesting around four to five hours a week of training. So it depends on how often you are going down to the CrossFit box. If you're going down three times a week and then doing a little bit of cardio on the side, that could quite easily work out at, you know, your four to five hours a week. What I would say is if there is any way of you doing CrossFit, but keeping the intensity low, then I would be okay with that. But personally, I would be more comfortable if you could maybe pause on the CrossFit, do some less intense workouts, a fertility focused workout plan. And then you can always go back to the CrossFit later if that's what you want to do. Now, I'm not against CrossFit in any way, shape or form. It's fantastic for lots of people, but it's the intensity when it comes to uh, trying to conceive. That's my concern. Well, yeah, have you ever done CrossFit? I haven't, personally. I like to do my own training um, with my own training plans. There's definitely a niche for it. Um, it can definitely be really helpful for people. It's just in the trying to conceive community, my own personal preference would be for people to do something less intense as they particularly in the run up to treatment. Personally, I've never done it. I always thought, I don't think I need to carry a tractor tire across the room ever. <laughs> Should anyone need to change their tractor's tires, I'm not the girl for you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want me to start running across. <laughs> that, that is something I can picture, Roisin. Give me two of them. Let me run back with two of them. <laughs> no, I honestly was at a boot camp once and they presented me with one of those tires. I was like, I'm not going to lift that. <laughs> this is why it's very important to find a training plan that suits you. Absolutely. So that you're consistent, Roisin. And something that would be useful to you in the future. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you're a mechanic or a farmer, you may want to continue with CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. And our final question comes in from Catherine. Hi, girls. I'm going to be straight with you. I need to reduce my BMI, but will not be attempting this in 2023. I want to begin my plan come January with my husband. What are the five key things that I need to tackle to really lose the weight? Just before I get to answering that question, Roisin, our listeners are getting sassy. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I, I love the honesty. I do. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, I think Catherine makes a valid point. I think Catherine makes a valid point. But also, because, you know, I am here for a reason, I would also say that we are only in November, end of November. There's a lot of weeks of training there. Okay. So just, just as an aside, you could still fit in a solid four to five weeks of training here, people. So if you are starting treatment, Early January, early February, please do consider starting before Christmas. But I also appreciate your honesty. So what I would say is if you are building up to starting, there are absolutely some key things that I would start um, getting your head around now, basically. 
Again, I would start with sleep. Like we do talk about this a lot, but it is just so fundamental. So I would say thing number one is absolutely sleep. Like I said earlier, set that alarm for bed, give yourself time for the reels, make sure you're asleep at a reasonable hour. Okay, so sleep, first of all. The next thing that makes a massive difference to your journey is accountability. And this is pretty much the number one reason why people sign up with me as their trainer. They just know that if they've got someone to check in with every week, it will make a difference. And actually, I did a coaching call just a little bit earlier today. And the conversation we had was, yeah, when I was logging my food, I knew that you'd be looking. And, you know, it's just little things like that that might put the pudding off for another day. So accountability is massive. So you need to find a coach that you can utilize for accountability. And that can come in lots of different ways. If you don't like speaking on the phone to people, that's fine. It can be done via email. There are lots of different ways for that. Tying into accountability, my third thing would be community. And this is a recurring theme because as we've discussed in the past, your BFF might be your best friend. You've known her since you were three, but if she hasn't been through fertility, it can just be difficult for her to fully understand what you're going through with the best intentions in the world. That can just be really difficult. So find your community, you know, join my Facebook group, hop over to Maria's Fitness Fertility Facebook group, join the socials, find me on Instagram but find your people. Third thing, train with the different phases in your cycle. The reason for doing this, it's just another little nudge that means your body is not under too much stress. So make sure your workouts are tailored to the follicular phase. Make sure the workouts are tailored around ovulation and to the luteal phase because your body has different hormones doing different things at different stages of your cycle. And at certain stages, we want you to work out less intensely than at certain other stages in that menstrual cycle. Nutrition is also going to be massive. And this doesn't have to be overly complicated, but it might be things like, are you getting in uh, enough protein? Because protein is massively important for things like muscle health and for not having that 3pm blood sugar crash and for feeling full so you don't eat, you know, all of the pudding after your main meal. As a rough guide, when it comes to protein, you're looking at around 0.8 to 1 gram per kg of body weight. So most of us, women in particular, are not getting in anywhere near enough protein that we need to be eating. So definitely consider nutrition and find a coach that can help you with nutrition. And of course, fertility-focused training. And this is where jumping on YouTube and doing random workouts isn't helpful for fertility. It's not a training plan. It's just a random workout. And you might actually be doing things that are harmful to your fertility rather than helpful. So I would say sleep, accountability, community, train with your cycle and nutrition. Really, really important in getting ready for 2024. I'm as guilty as anyone else by starting my plan in January. I think the five that you've come up with are, are solid, Maria. And I know we we wang on about sleep, but it is honestly, it is the most important one because without that, everything else falls apart. If I could be allowed to add one more in, it's not for the rules, but <laughs> we're going to stretch them just for this one question. I would add in journaling. Oh, yeah. And I add it in for two reasons because you get two things from journaling. There's a lot of stress around fertility. There's a lot of stress around trying to create new habits. I find that if you can write down your thoughts, get it out of your mind and onto paper, it's easier to see it and to contextualize it. 
a worry fills your mind, but once it gets down onto a page, it's actually quite small. Mm-hmm. The second reason why journaling is really important, specifically for fertility, is that you can do your own observations. So you can start writing down, I'm having a weird spotting around this time of the month, or I felt slightly strange or bloated or whatever, fill in the blank. And over time, that becomes a record that you can take to your GP, to your clinic. It's good intel. And I always go back to a friend of mine who was having a particular spotting every month, couldn't conceive this spotting. And then she realized, oh, it's an implantation problem. And it was only in retrospect when she was talking to her IVF nurse after she got pregnant with IVF. Mm -hmm. If it's something that's happening regularly in your journal, Mm -hmm. it's definitely something you can bring to your clinician. And it's very, very important to bring those little nuggets of information. For what it's worth, I think journaling. I think it's worth a huge amount. I think that's a fantastic, fantastic recommendation. Uh, Journaling is massive. I've since... Since you and I have been on this podcast adventure, Roisin, um, I have actually restarted journaling. It's really, really helpful. Um, and in terms of like tracking my mood, my mood being tracked at different stages of my cycle, um, how much I'm eating at different stages of my cycle. And it's not until you write it down uh, that you begin to notice these things. So, yeah, I think I think that's worth its weight in gold. It's a fantastic idea. So, Catherine, you can take all of that to January and let us know how you get on. Thank you so much for all of your questions. As always, our final Q&A is very, very special because we want to hear your stories of joy 2023. Anything that's good that's happened this year, we want to hear about them and we want absolutely loads to discuss. We know it's a difficult time in December, so we just want to go joy after joy after joy. So what happened, what worked well and why? And we'll read it out. So. Get your submissions in now. And talking about joy, what will we be talking about next week? Really excited about next week. So we know this is a difficult time. Christmas is is very much uh, child-based. So we are going to be talking about some of the fantastic client success stories from 2023. And we're just going to share with you a few of the clients and basically what they did through their own fertility journey with the the pure goal of just bringing you a little bit of hope that it can be done and there are things you can do to take control of this journey. So tune in next week for a little bit of hope as we go into what can be a tricky season. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week and please rate, comment and really importantly share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and they may need that little bit of extra help. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. We strongly recommend that you consult with your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production.